0: This bulletin, Victoria's Top Cop, apologizes for police racist treatment of Aboriginal families over generations. An expansion of single-parent payments announced as the government prepares for the federal budget, and allegations superannuation funds are driving increased investment in fossil fuels. Victoria's police commissioner has apologised for the racist treatment of indigenous people over generations by his state's police force. Shenton Patton has appeared at the state's first formal truth-telling inquiry into past and ongoing injustices against indigenous people. He says he doesn't believe the force is intentionally racist, but the policing of indigenous people is influenced by systemic or structural racism. I'm apologising for any harms that have um, been caused to uh, Aboriginal persons by Victoria police officers, where they've acted inappropriately, criminally, uh, racially, or with unconscious bias, uh, and have caused detriment, harm, discrimination and disadvantage to Aboriginal people. The inquiry is part of the state's treaty process. In the meantime, Victoria's Premier Daniel Andrews says indigenous people should have a greater say in how taxpayer money is spent on programs intended to improve outcomes for them. His comments follow reports the role of the First People's Assembly of Victoria could widen to become similar to a statewide voice to parliament. The Assembly is set to begin statewide treaty negotiations later this year and voting to elect 22 members gets underway next week. Prime Minister Antonio Albanese has announced single-parent payments will continue until the youngest child turns 14. The payment previously ended when a single parent's youngest child turned 8. It will mean an extra $176.90 every fortnight for single parents. Mr Albanese says the increase will be essential for the future of single-parent families. What the research has shown is that this is an investment. It's an investment in these families. I know firsthand what it's like to grow up uh, with a single mum doing it tough. And we want to make sure that the children of single-parent families have the best opportunities in life. To go on and to fulfill, to aspire to a good life, with good jobs, with security. More broadly, the government will spend more than $14 billion over the next four years in tomorrow night's budget to try and ease cost of living pressures. To be officially announced in tomorrow night's federal budget, the spending will include money for energy price relief, tax incentives for electrification and energy efficiency upgrades and also money to make medicine cheaper, amongst other measures. In the meantime, position finance spokesperson Jen Hume says she's concerned the federal government is not allocating enough revenue in tomorrow night's budget for budget repair as it benefits from recent increases in commodity prices and income tax. Ms Hume says high inflation is pushing people into new tax brackets which is creating a windfall surplus for the government. She says it's not enough for the government to simply promise its measures won't be inflationary. The fact is, unless they reduce inflation... Well any cost of living measure, any handout, any increase to welfare will simply be gobbled up. It'll be eroded by high inflation. And that's what we've seen from this government, inflation with a seven in front of it, three quarters in a row now. And that's after the government promised when they came to government that they would reduce the cost of living. They promised when they came to government that they would see real wages increase. In fact we've seen the exact opposite. And the federal opposition says the government has to address the impact of immigration in the upcoming budget. Opposition immigration spokesman Dantean says the, next, the net overseas migration number of 715,000 people over the next two years will impact many areas of Australian life. What's it going to mean for congestion, for household shortages? for the rental crisis and also what sort of impact is that going to put on interest rates which will hurt Australian households even more. The Greens are calling for the federal government to allocate $5 billion per year for public and affordable housing in tomorrow night's budget. They are also calling for a national rent freeze. Green Senator Jordan Steele-John says the government's legislation on the issue, the so-called Housing Future Fund, which would allocate $10 billion over 10 years on housing, is inadequate. He's likening the Housing Future Fund proposal to the government, taking a gamble on the stock market to try and raise money for housing. Let's just step back for a moment and think about that as a mechanism for funding what is essentially an essential service. You wouldn't fund health or hospitals or education more broadly by putting money on the stock market and hoping the return would be enough to build schools or fund hospitals. So why would we treat housing that way? It just doesn't make sense. That's why the Greens want to see a direct investment from the government into affordable housing to actually build people the homes they need. The greens say the government is wasting money on continuing on continuing the so-called stage 3 tax cuts in this budget. They say the biggest winners from this budget will be people who are already rich. Australian band Voyager have walked the turquoise carpet at the opening of festivities for this year's Eurovision Song Contest. The turquoise carpet is Eurovision's equivalent of the red carpet. This year's Eurovision is being hosted in the English city of Liverpool on behalf of Ukraine, the defending champions, who would normally be hosting it if not for Russia's invasion of their country. A progressive metal band, Voyager will compete in semi-finals with 30 other nations' participants on Wednesday and Friday to try and gain one of, the, of 20 sports in the final this weekend. Ukraine, the UK, Italy, Germany, Spain and France are automatic finalists. Voyager band member Scott Kay says he feels they are not just representing Australia but metal music as well in the competition. We're really, really lucky to be representing the Australian people and also the heavy music industry as a whole. Um, we've been playing gigs for yonks. And, uh, yeah, we're playing the biggest one of them all. And it's a metal band from Perth, Western Australia. Who'd thunk it? You know, here we are. With one week to go until he faces re-election, Turkey's president, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, has turned his eye on his opponents at a rally in Istanbul. This election looms as Mr. Edouard's toughest political test yet as he faces blame for an economic crisis and for issues surrounding the earthquake that hit the country in February. At the rally, Mr. Edouard has called the main opposition candidate, Kemal Kilchatoglu, an alcoholic. He's also accusing opposition parties of siding with terrorists and trying to attack them by saying they are (laughs) pro-gay. Aren't CHP pro-LGBT? Aren't HDP pro-LGBT? Aren't IYI Party pro-LGBT? Do the others who are at the table of alliance with them say no to these LGBT people? The AK Party have never been pro-LGBT and never will be. AK Party will Mr. Edouard's AK party has been in power since 2002. Russian Defense Ministry spokesman Igor Konashenkov says that Russian forces had captured two more districts in Bakhmut, in the western part of the city. And the northwest. According to the spokesman, the assault detachments continued to conduct offensive operations in the direction of Donetsk, capturing two blocks in the northwestern and western parts of the city of Artemovsk. Konashenko also claims that Russian troops shot down 22 Ukrainian drones over the Black Sea and downed 10 more across Ukrainian territory over the previous 24 hours. And back home, an advocacy group is claiming Australia's 30 biggest superannuation funds invested an extra $34 billion last year in the companies, it says, are most responsible for expanding the use of fossil fuels. The group Market Forces says that money boosted capital in companies developing coal, oil and gas projects by 50% over the past year. It estimates that more than $140 billion of Australian's retirement savings are invested in such companies. But Australia's largest superannuation fund is defending its investments. Australian Super says it has increased its exposure to Woodside Petroleum through that company's merger with the BHP. It says the gas sector in which Woodside is engaged is part of a orderly transition to renewable energy. And to sport on AFL, North Melbourne have produced a goalless first half for the first time in almost 44 years. The Kangaroos lost 34-64 to the St Kilda Saints on Sunday. North Melbourne's coach Ross Smith says his team needs improvements. We're sitting here disappointed that we didn't score more, but some of the credit's got to go to St Kilda. They make it very, very difficult for all sides in the competition to score, um, let alone a side that's, that's struggling a bit. To find its way forward and um, we just need to slowly get better and um, you know the fact that we were able to restrict their score too was pleasing. On the Saints bench, Rachman and Marshall left the match with ice on his left ankle after Jed Gresham had already been substituted out with knee pain. Kangaroo's coach Ross Lyon says both will be fit to play against Adelaide on round nine. And now having a look at the weather around the country. Broome sunny, thirty-two degrees. Perth possible shower, twenty-five. Adelaide a shower, two seventeen. Melbourne showers increasing, fifteen. Hobart a shower, two fifteen. Albury Wodonga mostly sunny, fourteen. Canberra mostly sunny, thirteen. Wollongong cloudy, seventeen. Sydney partly cloudy, eighteen. Newcastle similar conditions and nineteen degrees. Brisbane sunny, twenty-two. Townsville mostly sunny, twenty-eight. Cairns partly cloudy, twenty early springs, mostly sunny 17, Darwin, sunny 34 degrees, and the tri Islands are cloudy day ahead and a top of 31 degrees. And that is NITV Radio News.